Good morning. It's good to see you. If you didn't catch it already, joy is uh, the theme for today, joy. And uh, I just, I want to start out by saying, well, welcome to any of you who happen to be a first-timer here. We're really glad you're here. Those joining us online, we're super glad. Just, it's a great day, and I was, I was looking over at these backpacks while the video is playing, because I've seen the video, but um, I want to, you know, so we had 91 kids identified through our connection with Lowndes County Schools, and um, they said, here's 91 kids who probably won't have a Christmas unless the church, the body of Christ, does something, and so you guys responded to that. In the first week, I believe, um, if, if I remember correctly, Josh, you're like, we've never had it go in like seven days. So it was like, bam, six days? Is that what? Yeah? Okay. So um, that was amazing. But then I was also thinking, not just 91, but each of those kids has a family, right? They have parents or siblings, and hopefully we got their siblings too. But it would, it's very likely that the backpacks that you were a part of with our Christmas impact, that's what we call it because we want to make an impact for it. This could be easily 400 to 500 people that are impacted by this because one backpack could go to one family and, and they're, they're blessed by this. And so, you know, that's, that's the thing about how whenever we, we do things in the name of Jesus and we do things with a heart of giving and for others, it goes way beyond what we think. It goes way beyond our, our small understanding of, oh, I'm helping one child, but you're making a difference in that. And so that's just like, to me, that's something totally worth being joyful about is that we're going to help get those two uh, kids this week before they head out on Christmas break. And uh, there's a giant stuffed dog over here that's got a backpack on. I think that's awesome. So good job on that. Um, not only do we need to be joyful about uh, the Christmas impact, but at 930, we had something else to be joyful about. We celebrated four baptisms at 9.30 of uh, four different... I know, yes, that's right, thank you. Of some young people. Um, now, that's uh, Rob Friedhoff there, the adult up there with us, and that, those are his two sons, uh, Gibson and uh, Kian was the other one. And then uh, we also baptized um, Evan, and he looks super excited there, and then um, his sister, Alyssa. And so we had four wonderful baptisms, and I don't have to take a bath later because I'm good now. So, um, but I told Evan that. I was like, you don't need to bathe now. It's, a baptism's like a good for a week. You don't need to. His mom's like, no, he needs it. So, <laughs> Joy. Joy's the theme. It's the theme of this season of Advent. And um, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you've heard us, but you know, you might not know, or it's always good to be reminded, Advent is a season in the life of the church, and it's this time that's leading us up to an anticipation, expectation of the coming Christ. But as the video showed us, it's not just about the birth of a baby, but it's also being reminded for those of us that live in this time that Jesus Christ will come again. And he will come again in glory. And we get to be a part of, of this momentous experience on earth and then going forward as followers of Jesus. So there's a lot of joy found in that. Um, you know, we have praise on our lips, or we should, uh, because of joy. And that's what the, the candle, the, the third candle in the outer ring represents, is this joy in the coming Christ, but he'll also come again as, as king. Um, Often, lately especially, um, we have kind of one verse that is our foundation verse or a text or a passage. 
And we don't have that today. So we're going to be all over the place. So if you're a note taker, I highly recommend that you write down a lot of these verses because we're going to look from the Old Testament all the way through into the New Testament at joy because we see this story start to play out, right? From the very, very beginning, first couple of pages of your Bible after you get past the index and, and all those things and who printed it and whatnot, we find joy, because God himself, in creation, as he put everything into motion, it says that he stood back and looked at all he had done, and he said, this is good. And the way in which it was written, it expresses joy. It wasn't like he was like, yeah, it was good. No, it was like, this is good. There was joy expressed at the very beginning in all of creation that this was good. Now, if you just read a little bit further along, you find out that very quickly, the goodness fades. And it's not because God removed it or God took it away. It was because of humanity and our sinfulness and, and our propensity to choose self instead of God. And so there's goodness and there's joy about what God has done. And yet, almost immediately, it gets messed up. Does that sound familiar to anybody? You know, there's things in our lives and we are excited and it's good. And we know this is God. And, and we all, you feel like you're in the sweet spot. And you're like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And then you kind of mess it up. Joy is not determined by those kinds of circumstances. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So we've got this joy. Here's what I want you to take in today as kind of an idea. Because I'm certain, I am, I am so certain that I could, I'm going to say the word joy a lot today. And it might annoy some of you. Because you're not in a place of joy right now. I mean, it might actually, it might sting a little bit to hear me just keep on saying joy with a smile on my face. And, and you or someone listening online going, if you only knew my circumstances, you would not, you would not keep telling me to, to do this joy thing. If you only understood, if you only know what I've been through, if you only know what I am facing, if you only knew what was coming down, down the road, you would please stop talking about joy, Shannon. But I'm not the one that necessarily, I mean, yes, I will say joy today, and I'll talk about joy today, but the joy I'm talking about is the joy that God gives to us, that is exemplified in Scripture, that is shown to us through Jesus Christ, it is shown through his servants, through his prophets, um, through his disciples, and through the apostles over and over again. There's this theme from the very beginning when God says, this is good, and he takes great joy in that, all the way up to where we are and where we're going in the future. Because see, joy is an attitude that we can adopt. Joy is an attitude we adopt. It doesn't necessarily come easily for a lot of us. It's an attitude, though, we can adopt, which means that even if the circumstances aren't the best, we can still choose to adopt joy, right? We don't, we don't say, okay, if everything lines up, then I'll be joyful. That's, that's not how this works. We just went through a series in the book of Exodus, right? As we looked at it and we saw it, and, and some of us, you know, we know the story but as the Israelites, the, the first thing they did when they were finally released from slavery, okay, and they had been uprooted from their homes, you know, you're going, yay, you're out of slavery, but there was a change in their life. I mean, huge change. 
uprooted from their home that they'd known forever. They, they're still pursued by enemies. So the Egyptians were like, eh, maybe we want them back. And so they're running after them. They're in the middle of the desert. They don't know which way to go. They're not in the promised land yet. And they're certainly a lot further away from it than they even really thought they would be. It takes a couple of decades. <laughs> but scripture tells us that they rejoiced. They rejoiced. See, circumstances were not that great, and yet they chose joy. They chose to adopt joy. It says they sang for joy. The psalmist records this in Psalm 105, verse 43. It says this. He, he looks back on this story of the, of the Israelites leaving Egypt. And it says he, talking about God, brought out his people with rejoicing. It doesn't mean God was rejoicing as he brought his people out. It means the people were rejoicing as God brought them out. And his chosen ones with shouts of joy. And this was a defining moment for the people of God that we find here. Because the joy of God's people, it's not determined by circumstance. It's all determined by God's promise. So when I say adopt joy, that you can choose to adopt joy, it's not about the circumstances. It's about who God is. It's about his character. It's about his promise. It's about his word. It's about his faithfulness over and over and over again. See, joy is not determined by our struggles. That's, that's, but that's how a lot of us operate. If we have struggles, we don't have joy. If we have a hardship, we don't have joy. If we have an obstacle to overcome, we don't have joy. If, if, if something doesn't work out the way we want, we don't choose joy. But see, joy is not determined by our struggles. It is determined by our promised future. What does God promise us for the future? That's where our joy should come from. That's where the joy is, not in the circumstance. I mean, think about it. The, the, the mountaintop, the highs of everything, and then the lowest valleys, those are circumstances. But we can choose joy in both. We can choose this kind of joy. In um, Isaiah chapter 35, this theme of joy it reappears. Later on in Israel's story, the prophet Isaiah, the, the, he's talking about the, they, need, they, need another, they need a savior. They need someone like Moses. They need someone who can talk to God and who can come and make, make things good, help them kind of get back in line because things got a little wonky right? This is what they're hoping for. I don't know if they knew exactly what they were hoping for because they got something a lot better than Moses. But the prophet Isaiah talked about this, this longing for someone. And he says in verse 10, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. So there was an exchange there. A cost had been, been given, paid. And it says they will enter Jerusalem singing that's joyful. They will enter Jerusalem crowned with everlasting joy. And I love this. It says sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness. If, if we're basing our joy on circumstances, then, then whenever we deal with sorrow or um, what was the other word? Mourning. Uh, we're, not, we're not joyful. That, those don't go together. It was based on something so much deeper and so much greater, and it was on the character of God. And so Israel is waiting. They're waiting like, okay, when's the next Moses coming? When's the next one coming? There was this attitude through the prophets of choose joy, choose joy, keep choosing joy. 
Which makes sense because when you get into the New Testament in Luke, in Luke chapter 2, you find these words that unless you really understand the whole issue of do I have joy even though we don't know what's going on, even though circumstances aren't that great in the Old Testament, when you understand that and then you look at how it's written in, in the book of Luke, suddenly like new, the same words go, oh, that's what he's talking about. See, from the very beginning there was joy, but then sin enters in, we, our selfishness, our choosing ourselves. And, and over and over again, God's like, no, I've got something better for you. Choose joy. So here's what Luke chapter 2 says, verses 8 and 11. This is so significant. Because it's talking, Isaiah spoke about the Israelites waiting to choose joy to anticipate their future redemption. And then we read this. When Jesus of Nazareth was born, it was announced that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, this is who they'd been longing for, right? This is the one who their hope had been in, their joy had been placed in the coming Savior, the coming Messiah. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The fulfillment of what had been longed for for, for so, so long is now coming to pass. Good news that brings great joy. We can choose joy, not on our current circumstances, but on the promise, on the promise that God has for us. We can choose joy. Some 30 years later, as Jesus is, is being baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, it is recorded that the, a voice from heaven, the, the word that God spoke and said, you are my beloved son, and in you, you bring great joy recorded that. And later on in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus was sending out his disciples, what did he say to them? He rejoiced and he gave thanks to God, his father, as he presented them and said, I want you to go. There was joy. There was joy. There was joy. And Jesus knew what was in store. He still chose joy. In, in Matthew chapter 5, we learn that his followers they chose joy. Jesus told them when people are going to reject you because of your faith. People are going to reject you when you speak truth. People are going to reject you when you're bold in the name of Jesus. The rejection is going to happen. And when they do that, when they persecute you because you follow after me, have joy. Rejoice. Rejoice. Be glad because your reward is not right now in the circumstances. It's in the future. Your reward is in heaven, he said. It's not right now. So choose joy. Choose joy. After his death and his resurrection, Jesus told his followers to go out and announce this good news. <laughs> to announce this good news that he was the risen king of the world and to do it with joy. And so they did so. Early Christian communities were known they had a reputation for being joyful people. Like it was obvious in their countenance. 
that these were people of joy because they had something to be joyful for. Later um, in this story, right, page one, it is good, the joy in that, but then joy, choose joy, choose joy. There's a promise coming, choose joy. When the apostle Paul was in prison because he was a believer and he was bold and he spoke about it and he wouldn't stop talking about it. When he's in prison, he says, and he, he wrote that he was choosing joy even if the, the, the sentence is execution. He was still going to choose joy. That is most definitely not based on his circumstances. He's choosing joy. And so Paul writes this and he talks about this is a gift from God. This is a gift from God's spirit to choose joy. It's, it's a sign that Jesus' presence is with you, inspiring you, inspiring you even when circumstances aren't wonderful. And here's where I think it all kind of, for, for me and my understanding, it all kind of came together, this whole joy thing. Because it's easy to be joyful when things are good. It's easy to be joyful when things make sense. It's easy to be joyful when my plans are working out. Anybody else? But it's not so easy when I'm in the valley and there's obstacles and there's things in the way and there's hardship or hurt feelings or broken relationship. It's harder to choose joy in that. But when we believe, when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes a very reason it becomes very reasonable in the in the darkest of whatever circumstances you might be dealing with right because we could go we could play the game right now of let's who's got the worst circumstances <laughs> we can we can play that game we can play the game about who's got who 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 get, could get the award for being in the lowest valley in the deepest darkest pit but we don't have to play that game, and we shouldn't play that game. Because if you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, then that's the future promise. That's the hope. That's where we put our joy. Our joy is in that Jesus Christ has paid it all for us. And circumstances, they have nothing on that. Nothing. Joy. Joy. Now, I, I will say this, that doesn't mean we should suppress or ignore or pretend that we don't have difficult times or that we are, there are times when we go through a deep sorrow, there are times when, our, when, when we uh, hurt. That's, that's not good, it's not healthy either. But the perspective to keep it, our mind on joy is that it's greater than circumstances. This is what Paul said about that, that very thing. Paul was not afraid to say, yeah, things are hard. <laughs> things are tough. In 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6, verse 10, the beginning of the verse, this is what he said when he was dealing with sorrow and, and, and loss and difficult times. He says, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Yeah, our hearts ache. Yeah, it happens. Our hearts ache. Sometimes it's self-imposed, and sometimes it comes from outside. Our hearts ache, yes, but 
we always have joy because we always have Jesus. Sure, our hearts ache. There's a term called Blue Christmas, and it's, it's not Elvis's song, which I sang a rendition of it at 9.30, so I kind of want to do it, but I don't know. Oh, I have a blue, like that. That's what I did. It's horrible. Thank you. You need me? You need me next week for the music service? Okay. I'll be practicing. Blue Christmas, it's a real thing. It's a real term. It's a, it's a psychological, it's an emotional, it's a real thing. A lot of people experience it. It's this feeling of understanding a, a year is coming to an end and looking back on the year and going, man, this, that didn't work. That broke. That failed. That relationship's gone. That person we had to say goodbye on this side of eternity. I mean, think, you know, it's real. It's a, it's a real experience that people, it, it's hard for some people to deal with this. And so they, they gave it a term, Blue Christmas. But the, the answer to that, it, again, it's not to, to just go, oh, you know, put a smile on your face. You'll be fine. But it's to go, yeah, our hearts ache, but we can still choose joy. Because Jesus is with us in the sorrow. He's with us in the brokenness. He's with us when the relationships go off the rails. He's with us when, when, when we failed or somebody failed us. He is with us. And so our joy is found in him. He is the promise. And so as Paul acknowledges his pain, he's, he made a choice. I'm still going to trust Jesus. His, his, Paul made a decision that his hardship was not going to be the final word in the story. And I just wonder how many of us have at times been like, I'm going to let this circumstance be the end of the story. Like, this is just what it's going to be. And, and it's not how it's supposed to be. We can, we can choose joy. We, we sang earlier, um, to behold his glory. To behold his glory, his glory in the highest. That is a promise. That is, that, is, that is what we have to look forward to. And for all the earth to rejoice that Christ is born. All of creation that God created. And he looked back and said, that's good. We rejoice in that. Because see, joy is this profound decision of, of faith, of hope. And it's all based in the, in the power of Jesus' own life and in his love. That's where our joy comes from. The scriptures make it clear from beginning to end, we can choose joy. And so if you haven't already asked yourself, are you choosing joy? Are you choosing joy right now? In the highest moments, in the lowest valleys, are you adopting joy? Are you choosing to take that on in the promise of who Jesus is? Because that joy is, it's in who God is. That joy is in the promise of Jesus. That joy is there in spite of circumstances. And that's the joy that we celebrate in Advent. We're looking forward to Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, as we, I, I pray this on behalf of your people, the church that we would choose joy. And whatever circumstances have been on us, over us, weighing on us, 
heavy upon us, discouraging us. Lord, I pray that, that just right now an exchange would happen in our heart, in our spirit, in our mind, an exchange would happen and we would give you the circumstances, we would give you the sorrow, we would give you the heartache, we would give you the difficulties, we would just give them to you right now and an exchange would happen and we would receive, we would choose to receive your joy. And that's only possible because of Jesus. It's only possible because of him. And so God, we say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for being the light of the world. Thank you for coming to set everything right and to put everything in its proper place. Because when you said it was good, it was good. And through Jesus, we get to live in this goodness. We get to receive this goodness. We get to participate in the goodness that you have done. God, I just, I pray that this would not be a I just want to feel better moment, but it would be an understanding that we can choose joy, deep joy, even if it doesn't make sense to people around us, we choose joy. God, we love you, we praise you, (laughs) we joyously praise you for who you are. Would you receive our worship now as a response to that joy? And would you receive our offerings as a response to the joy that you've brought to us through Jesus Christ? You deserve it all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.